0: Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intracasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. Hey, do you like this show? Do us a favor, go rate us on iTunes. It helps us a bunch. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, where Out of Print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs. Any edition, any product. With Noble Knight, you can even sell your old gaming products that you aren't using anymore. Let's hear a quick word from them. Noble Knight is an online game store. d they got that more. And if you think out-of-print games are nice... Shop Noble Knight, cause they got the best price. And if you got gaming products to sell, then Noble Knight will buy them as well. So go to the place where games the bomb and head over to noblenight.com. And don't forget to tell them that the Town Show sent you. We're talking about rage of demons let's meet the panel and kick things off with our get to know you question what's your favorite D disease allison rossi you're with us here at the round table what is your favorite D D disease
1: i feel like i'm going to have to go with slimy doom Ooh, not just because one. of the name but uh because of just what it does turning you into infectious goo uh, I don't know. It just seems so silly, and it seems like something that my players would really enjoy doing, uh, because they're those kind of people.
0: Uh, also with us at the round table is Dave Gibson. Dave, what is your favorite Dungeons & Dragons disease?
2: Oh, it's the blinding sickness, whatever it's called. Yeah, I think it's called Sight Rod in 5th edition, but it was called just blinding sickness for a while, mm. and it, it completely took out our party one time and like our our fighter had blinding sickness and um, was out of uh, commission for many, many sessions as we struggled to find some way of removing it. And it was just led to some fun role playing as the DM had to suddenly figure out a way of working around this. So (laughs) led to stories. So
0: yeah, that sounds great. It's great that it wasn't uh, like a mummy rot (laughs) that wiped you out, but some disease that gave you an interesting challenge to work through. And new to the roundtable today is Scott Dyer. Scott, welcome to the roundtable. Before we find out about your favorite D&D disease, tell the people a little bit about yourself. How long have you been playing the game?
3: So I started my first game, Dungeon Mastering, my mom and my brother in 1981. (laughs) I forced them to play the red basic set with me. (laughs) And uh, then I forced my sixth grade friends to play. And eventually uh, 8th and ninth grade friends. And I played through high school and then took a long break until after college. Oh, wow. And I've just been playing on and off probably for the last 10 years. What
0: character did your mom play?
3: I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Back then it was, you know, you're an elf, you're a dwarf. That was the class. (laughs) I don't remember what I forced her to play.
0: Right, right. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the roundtable today. What is your favorite D&D disease?
3: You know, I like the old ones. I was just parousing my old uh, Advanced D&D uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, and the old diseases were quite realistic. So you had like kidney disease, you had heart disease. Um, they had blindness, like your um, David I think was just talking about, um, and they had these various stages you would go through, and if you keep failing saves. In like 10 different uh, misses of saves, you were pretty much dead. Those were realistic old-time diseases that you know he thought about in the 1970s. <laughs> this is what people have. <laughs> so that's what Gary wrote about. Yeah. But my yeah. favorite new one in the fifth edition books is the, the, what is it, the Contagious Laughter one. That's hysterical.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. The cackle fever. I cackle
3: fever. That's got to be the most brilliant uh, idea I've ever heard of
0: yeah yeah oh, it's such such a lovely, lovely disease. Uh, yes, sounds like a weird thing to say, but uh
1: lovely is not the word I would think of first,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I want to talk to you guys, of course, about one of my favorite places, The Underdark. And that's because we're talking about the Rage of Demons storyline. Now, some people will already have their copy of the book by the time this podcast drops. If you're lucky enough to be close to a local friendly game store that releases early, that's awesome. But... If you are not, you are probably picking up your copy the day this podcast drops or at some point after that. Uh, Maybe you're getting it from Amazon. Maybe you're getting it from like a Toys R Us or something. Who knows? Uh, Barnes and Noble, that kind of thing. Uh, So we are going to talk about this because I could not be more excited for Rage of Demons. And one of the reasons I am so excited is this video (laughs) dropped that Wizards uh, is calling the Rage of Demons trailer. We will of course link to it in the show notes for this episode over at thetomeshow.com but this video is amazing you guys. It's a really really cool video of Various demon lords and hints of what their machinations might be during this Rage of Demons out of the Abyss adventure storyline. And and Drizzt makes an appearance. There's like a, a whole thing going on. It is crazy. It is very horror feeling. Uh, they went for a mood. They went for it hard. And, and they got it. Um, now, I want to talk to Dave Gibson about this first. Because, Dave, when we first saw this very horror dark trailer... You said, wait, what about whimsy, uh, right? That, that a lot of what we've been hearing about Out of the Abyss and the Rage of Demons storyline is that there's this whole theme of whimsy, and uh, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland and, and that sort of thing. Uh, this certainly does not feel whimsical to me at all. It does feel very cool. It feels like it went for horror and it went there hard. Uh,
2: so what did you think of the trailer, Dave? It caught me completely by surprise. Because they did one earlier for the Tyranny of Dragons, Mm -hmm. and that was okay. It was, you know, adventurers fighting a bunch of cultists, the dragons. And then there was Tiamat coming out of the well, the Well of Dragons, I imagine. It was okay, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it was just an action scene. It wasn't anything particularly special. It was, it could have been any cutscene from any video game ever. And then there was this, and it's just snippets and scenes of the different uh, Underdark races and the various uh, demon um, demon lords, and it is just so evocative and atmospheric. And like, you know, like, it's—I'm suddenly terrified of mind flayers. It's they're <laughs> frightening-looking like, with all the teeth, and it's oh, it's
1: just now afraid of them, not before. Well, it's,
2: <laughs> I always kind of thought of them as kind of a little silly-ish almost. It's, <laughs> remember, he was at the, the, the Tony. Uh, Dezirillo, I cannot remember his last name. It's the Tony D. Oh, uh, sure. so his, the the um the second edition art, and they were kind of goofy looking, almost uh, very, uh, very well dressed for mm-hmm. horrible brain sucking monsters. They just kind of looked comedic. But it, it's not <laughs> eating your brain with all a bunch of tiny teeth and this elder brain that's apparently gone undead and Orcus and. And Drist possibly being insane. That's just like, no, I don't <laughs> best.
0: Yes. And- yeah. And that is one of the best parts of the trailer is Drist shows up and then he's got this like crazy smile and he goes to fight Demogore. It's this whole crazy thing. If you have not seen this, <laughs> stop listening to this podcast right now, go watch it and then come back. And I have to say, uh, as a, a person who makes uh, video trailers, essentially, for a living. Uh, I make a lot of television promos. Uh, this was awesome. I really liked it. I look at this stuff every day. I dissect it with, you know, with a fine tooth comb or a scalpel or whatever. And uh, and this, to me, was great. Uh, what did you think about this, Allison?
1: Oh my god. What I literally had no words when I first saw it. I, like, didn't even know where to begin. Uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, frisson? Mm -hmm. Um, that feeling of like the getting the chills, uh, I was just so excited when I saw it because I've been looking forward to the storyline just because I just, I love the underdark. When I first learned about it, when I started playing D and D, um, my DM told me about it and it just got me so excited. I wanted to do something immediately in the underdark. So doing out of the abyss, uh, in the future for my players is going to be so exciting. Um, a lot of the stuff being kind of Uh, influenced just by all this darkness and the craziness. And, and as a little girl, Alice in Wonderland was my favorite movie ever and reading the book. I enjoyed it as well. So I am uh, just seeing the trailer brought so much happiness to me I'm just I can't explain my excitement basically
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so glad everybody's having a similar reaction so let's turn to Scott Scott no peer pressure if you didn't like it it's totally fine what did you think of the rage of demons trailer
3: just like Allison I want to go see that as a movie <laughs> I hope it's a movie or or an anime I or wish. Something.
1: yes, yes. Be so amazing. Uh,
3: better than even playing the game I bet seeing that as a movie would be incredible mm-hmm. yeah I was on the edge of my seat it's like you know, you go to Disneyland for the first time, you're very excited, you don't know what to expect, and the scenes kept changing, things got better and better through the video. I didn't even recognize it was Dritz until I saw his two swords. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this crazy, mad elf jumping onto the demigorgon? And then I see it was Guinevere with him on another picture, like, that was Dritz.
0: It's crazy because I, you know, usually when Drist is mentioned, right, there's controversy. Uh, A lot of people like him. A lot of people don't like him. I feel like everybody who saw this trailer was like, oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is cool. I can get behind Drist being involved in this in some way, you know, so I'm excited to see how this storyline plays out, not just in the Out of the Abyss adventure, but also kind of throughout its entirety in, uh, you know. Neverwinter Sword Coast Legends is going to be tackling Rage of Demons a little bit. Um, You know, I'm sure we're going to see it pop up in many of the Forgotten Realms novels. I mean, if Drizzt is in it, right, there's going to be a Rage of Demons novel crossover thing happening. Uh, So this got me really excited for all of that. And I also saw a lot of outlets this week are picking up interviews with Chris Perkins and Mike Merles and previews and all that kind of it seems like there is a bigger push for this than maybe there was for like Elemental Evil I think Tyranny of Dragons obviously had a big push because it was there at launch with the entire edition but it seems like everybody's really excited about that and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that people love Demon Lords right Demon Lords are a classic part of dungeons and dragons um you know and and has even gotten dungeons and dragons into a little bit of trouble in the past uh you know with with various religious groups because there are demon lords and that kind of thing um so i want to talk about orcas we had this preview of Orcus, demon prince of the undeath uh Big, uh, uh, adversary in many of the editions of D&D, including the most recent fourth edition. Um, and, uh, and now we've got him back. Level 26 challenge rating creature. Uh, he looks pretty cool. Um, did you guys think that he was formidable and worthy of his Orcus Demon Prince of the Undeath title? And let's start with you, Allison Rossi.
1: I will be honest. I generally play with a table of eight people. Oh. Uh, as such, uh, I generally have to make things a little bit more difficult. Um, <laughs> so for a normal party, absolutely. I think this is definitely going to be a good challenge for, for players going against Orcas. However, for my table, they're very clever. And some of them have been playing since before I was born. So they have a lot of tricks up their sleeves and they know what they're doing. So I... I see it, and I'm like, yeah, I definitely know I'm going to have to make this harder somehow. (laughs) 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 So so yes and no. For my party, probably not. For a normal party, yes. It would be very, very formidable opponent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to see how how it plays out. I'm trying to convince Mike Shea to... Uh, live stream the Demon Lord Demolition Derby after Out of the Abyss comes out. <laughs> that and just, sounds
1: awesome. Uh,
0: have us, per- perhaps all of us here could fight all of
3: the demons. Yes,
1: Wars. that would be, be great awesome. Great I would totally be be down for that. That would be fun. <laughs> uh,
0: Scott, what did you think of Orcus?
3: I think it's great that you, you might go mad just by being within a mile <laughs> of him. Now, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> um, I think you know we're used to thinking of these demons, etc. As sort of humans with a different shell on the outside, but when you see powers like that, yeah, nothing human's going to make you mad like that. I think it's great. He can pull up the undead, what is it, with his wand Mm -hmm. within 300 feet of him. I mean, it's pretty cool. I I think it's nice that you will not be able to kill Orcus. Maybe you can banish him back to the abyss, but he is unkillable. (laughs)
0: that's what i like too right like you you he can always come (laughs) back uh and that's great because it it gives you know future storylines where he might make an appearance again and this madness factor you mentioned looks like from this preview every demon lord uh and we've actually heard this in some of the interviews too is going to have its own form of madness associated with it uh and that's crazy because if they're all crammed into the underdark together you could be close enough to three or four demon lords to get three or four kinds of madness. Dave, what did you think of Orcus?
2: I'm always kind of cautious about how the high-level challenge works out, especially for the first few monsters. This guy definitely looks like he's going to be a little bit of a challenge, unless you have eight players. I kind of wonder about how many of the high-level things in the monster manual will actually be a challenge. So he definitely looks a little scary. I wonder if his damage might be a little low, but I suppose that... Though I'm sure how that plays out in, in play will matter, especially how much you you make use of the charges of the Wand of Orcus.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that was one thing that I noticed is that the Wand of Orcus is a big part of Orcus's stats. His inherent demon lordiness pales almost in comparison to the wand itself. Um, you know, but I, I would actually have to see how it plays out. And he's got all those... Uh, you know those spells and stuff that I think could make a, a bigger difference. They're not as impressive to see in a stat block as a unique ability, but uh, you know spells can can do some stuff. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I would love to be put through the ringer. Uh, if you all want to hear the Demon Lord Demolition Derby, tweet at SlyFlourish with the hashtag Demon Lord Demolition Derby uh, and uh, force him to live stream a, a game for us. One thing we're hearing about this Out of the Abyss adventure that's tied to Rage of Demons is that this is D&D on hard mode. Um, and this, uh, this comment, which is said by Chris Perkins in an interview, and again, we'll link all of this stuff over at the thetomeshow.com and the show notes for this episode, is that uh, it seemed like Horde of the Dragon Queen and the Tyranny of Dragons adventure were, uh, you know, like that whole storyline was kind of already D&D on hard mode. So I'm interested to see what uh, Rage of Demons brings. Uh, I'm excited by that, Uh, I'm also a little cautious. Uh, Hopefully the organized play stuff isn't too hard mode so that new players who are showing up to encounters and stuff can get in the game without uh, beating their heads against the wall. Uh, But I wanna know what you guys think. D&D on hard mode, is that exciting to you, Scott?
3: For me, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played it on easy mode too long. <laughs> I'm ready for some hard mode. Um, I want to see how people are going to role-play the madness in the stores. That'll be uh, fun to see. And that you know, that might be a hurdle, too. People don't want to role-play when they first sit down and meet each other. It'll be interesting to have to push that on as a DM. Well, you know, you got to look at this, because it sounds like it's going to be an important part of playing is this madness issue. Yeah, I can't wait to see what Warner Brothers will do with a film on this.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I really hope that, uh, you know, the film, uh, which we know takes place in Forgotten Realms and stuff, really hope that uh, it's, it's taking some inspiration from here. And it is written by a horror writer. So uh, we may be pulling some things from that. Uh, Allison, what do you think? D&D on hard mode.
1: So as I mentioned before, I generally have eight players. Um, so for me, I guess you could say I started DMing with Horde of the Dragon Queen. I kind of had started playing 5e with the playtesting phase and then I started playing at my friendly local game store and then all of a sudden I was a DM. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd only played D&D for about a year before that. So for me as a DM, it was definitely hard mode. For my players who have been playing for a long time, um... It wasn't quite hard mode for them. Good, good. Uh, so, learning on the fly how to actually, um, you know, how to make it harder for so many people when the adventure is written for less has been a learning experience for me. So hopefully, the, the, for me personally, I'm hoping this is hard, hard mode because then I have to do less work to make it <laughs> harder for my players <laughs> is is the main thing for me. So we'll see how it is, uh, you know, reading through it. And, you know, obviously, I'm going to have to make my own changes and, and make it my own game. Um, but I'm excited to see how it is. And the, the whole madness thing, role-playing it, since a lot of my players have been playing for a while, I want to see them role play it. They're very good at that. So I'm excited to see them do that in the store. Uh, actually, the one girl that works at the store, I'm friends with her on Facebook and she sometimes uh, put stuff on Facebook about my group and say like, oh, you know, the first thing they ask someone they, they met a random NPC was, so do you have any enemies? <laughs> so that's kind of how my players are. So I'm curious to see what she posts on Facebook about that.
0: <laughs> I'm really excited about this uh, this hard mode because I have a lot of veteran players at my table and I feel like even veteran players who are big on role playing uh, just automatically know some great ways to start min-maxing and and have good strategies and also uh, are great at out-thinking DMs sometimes. You know, I'm I'm a fairly intelligent individual but uh, there's six of them and one of me. Dave Gibson, D&D on hard mode, what do you think?
2: It's I hope that the hard mode isn't just for the, the monsters, that it isn't just waves and waves and monsters. And that they, the hard mode is dealing with the underdark, the exploration pillar based hardness, dealing with uh the what's the word, the exhaustion, adding exhaustion to effects, making people deal with uh, rationing food, finding water, the various environmental uh things like the, the radiation that permeates the underdark. Mm-hmm. That that seems much more interesting for hard mode than me than just having endless waves of goblins rushing out at you.
0: That might be the case, you know, that third level uh, you might be meeting a demon lord is one of the things that they said so, uh, you know, and that's obviously, that's a social interaction that if it goes bad could mean the entire party wipes, right? Um, and and I do think that this radiation stuff could mean that exploration uh, you know, it's easier to get lost and it's easier to just starve to death in the Underdark than it is you know, like, that it's not just going to be this combat grind over and over again. So I am, I'm very excited to see how all of this plays out. Uh, as far as the other stuff, you know, we've got the Out of the Abyss adventure, uh, you know, and then we've got the the video games, we've got minis, we've got all kinds of stuff tied into this, novels. What are you guys really excited for that's coming up that uh, is not necessarily Out of the Abyss? Are you excited for... Expeditions adventures, playing at conventions, epics? Are you excited for Sword Coast Legends? Uh, you know, there's there's a plethora of things to choose from
2: here. I'm kind of excited for Sword Coast Legends. Mm-hmm. As I decided to pre-order it, and so I, I, I paid with my money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't think I'll get back into Neverwinter to try that out. And mm-hmm. more minis are good, but I have I have too many minis as right. it is. Right. Two, um, too
1: many? What?
2: <laughs> I've been collecting them since the very first, uh, the Harbinger set, the very first D&D mini set, so I have lots. I have like three of everything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Allison, what are you most excited for?
1: The Sword Coast book. the oh, All the information yes. about it. I'm really excited about that because... You know, as I mentioned, I'm relatively new at playing and DMing. And when I run things, I like to give my players backgrounds on the areas that they're in because... Yeah, they've been playing for a while, but a lot of times it's homebrew, so they don't know so much about Faerun. So I do my own research and kind of give them the too-long-didn't-read of that. So having a book that I can just read through would be very nice. Um, I have a, an old 2e adventures book that I that I read through, and that's how I kind of found out information about Mole Master for some uh, short adventures I'm running right now before Out of the Abyss. So giving them that information is is nice. I like to provide it for them so they don't have to do the research. So... I'm very much excited for that book.
0: Scott, what about you? What are you most excited for that is not the Out of the Abyss adventure?
3: I have to agree with Allison. I'm looking forward to the Sword Coast book because I'm just starting my players in the uh, Princes of the Apocalypse. Mm. So it'd be nice to have some background information on that area (laughs) other than Wikipedia (laughs) <laughs> Which has been great. I have to say, thank you, Forgotten Realms Wiki. Makes Wiki. Yes, <laughs> thank goodness for that. It's the best. Because <laughs> um, I don't have any old books on Forgotten Realms. I've never played it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play Greyhawk, and uh, this is all new to me. I read the books, you know, the the Dritz books, but that's all I know.
0: Well, why don't we talk a little bit about what we would like to see? in the next storyline. I know we do this every few episodes here, but I think it's fun. And, you know, Scott's new. We'd love to get his perspective. Uh, so we'll we'll probably get maybe a few hints here and there and out of the abyss and some of the other products about what's coming after Rage of Demons. Uh, what would you guys like to see coming up next. Uh, Allison, let's start with you. Uh, And it can be anything. It can be a new world. (laughs) It could be a tone. It could be just a specific Uh, monster. Whatever you would like to see.
1: I guess I'll go with... I'm just going to go with two things because why not? Um, The one thing is I've talked about it on previous podcasts. I love tieflings. So anything more about tieflings would make me super excited just because they're my favorite. Other than that, perhaps something on a different plane would be interesting. I, I don't know which one, probably, maybe, maybe a serial plane would be fun, I don't even know, but something on a different plane would be exciting. Or, like, switching between them, I don't know, players like to do that weird stuff on a whim, so I feel like maybe having a book about it, or modules, or something would be cool.
0: Yeah, it would be cool to see something like a like a Planescape book, or a, or a Spelljammer book, if we want to get super weird, right? Uh, that that
1: would be super weird.
0: Because then that could be the gateway into Eperons and Dark Sun. Or
1: and, more Dark Sun, yeah. I was yeah. going to say that would be cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would make Robert Aducci very happy for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> how about you, Scott? What do you want to see from the next D&D storyline?
3: I would like to see them go back to Greyhawk. Mm. That'd be great to go back to the first realm. In fact, there's some there's a cartographer on the internet, I can't think of her name. She spent a couple of years remaking all of Greyhawk on a website and you can download it in parts. She has it already set up with text so you can learn about the areas. So I'm looking, I'm looking for something Greyhawk. That'd be nice.
0: Nice. And can you, I think a lot of people sometimes run into this like, well, Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms, they're basically the same thing. So why would you have two? In your mind, what makes Greyhawk special and sets it apart from other settings?
3: Well, it's the first one I ever learned. Ah, they, they <laughs> it's my go. bias, exactly. Yes. It's Gary's and, world. Uh, yeah, and you know, I read Gore the Rogue books that Gary wrote, uh, so that makes it popular for me. So I have some I, I have some stories that I've already heard about the place. Mm-hmm. I remember the map as a kid, opening the thing up, looking through the manual to learn about the politics of regions, how to set up encounters um, in certain regions. A little bit about the cities city state structures um, that's that was all interesting to me a little bit of history. Well, I think he drew a lot a lot from uh, uh middle ages
0: you know, and we're going to uh link to uh that map site you were talking about in the show notes because Mr. Dave Gibson uh, found it while we were talking. Oh, good. Thank you, Dave. That's (laughs) fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds cool. I would be excited to go to Greyhawk, especially if you would be my guide, Scott, because you know a lot more about it than I do. Um, So that that would be awesome. Uh, I would love to see some Greyhawk. Dave Gibson, what do you want to see next? Well, part of me really wants to see Vecna,
2: because Ah. they've been been basing them around a really big bad, or Mm -hmm. big bads in this case, and Vecna's kind of out there. But then they have to force Vecna into the Forgotten Realms, and that's a little funky. So I think what I'd really like to see is the Feywild, because oh. that hasn't seen a lot of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen a, a big fairy adventure ever, and we'd be a place to detail some Archfey. I think that's a bit of a long shot, just because the Archfey, the those kind of um, the Fey equivalent of the Demon Lords and the Archdevils and such, haven't been named as much. We'd, We haven't seen them in play. They're not established parts of the D&D lore. So it's not as nostalgic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it does seem to be a lot of nostalgia at play for 5th Edition right now, right? So Vecna, yeah, Yeah, I would just love to see something new, something different. Uh, You know, I think 5th Edition has established itself. It's a powerhouse. It's been on bestseller lists. It's doing pretty well. Like, now it's time to maybe give us something crazy and and completely new. I'd like to see something, either a big bad or... A new world, or I, even just a new part of the Forgotten Realms, uh, would be, uh, would be interesting to, uh, to check that out. So, but, uh, we will definitely stay on it as that situation develops. I'm sure that we will be hearing about the next storyline very soon as Rage of Demons gears up to launch. Well, guys, I think that is gonna do it for the roundtable this week. Where can people find you on the internet, Allison Rossi? Uh,
1: You can mostly find me on Twitter at Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R underscore 91. You can also find me, uh, my group streams, D&D 3.5E, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's twitch.tv slash padfoot240.
0: Excellent. Check her out, guys. It's pretty cool. Uh, Dave Gibson, where can people find you?
2: My webcomic and blog, five minute workday at www.5mwd.com. And I'm also on Twitter at
3: jester
0: Excellent, excellent. And Scott, where can people find you?
3: Uh, occasionally I'm on Twitter and Azarin the Fake.
0: Oh Excellent, excellent.
1: Back Not-
3: when they had Steve Jobs, you know, the fake Steve Jobs doing his thing, I decided <laughs> I'll make somebody who's a fake wizard, as are in the fake.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> wow, that's really cool.
3: <laughs> and I kept it, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, check out Scott. He's new. Welcome him to the round table because he's going to certainly be coming back to feast with us again. (laughs) Uh, And uh, you can find me on Twitter at James Chicasso, That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. And we want to know what you think about Rage of Demons. What are you excited about? What did you think of that video? Do you love Orcus? Are you excited for hard mode? What do you think is coming next? Leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website at thetomeshow.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetomeshow. You can also check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age, the fifth edition world I'm building over at worldbuilderblog.me. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and thanks to Dave, Allison, and Scott. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup, and thanks to Sam Dill for getting this podcast out there on the airwaves. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And hey, if you like this show, please rate The Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to The Roundtable.